I'm your chair talk host Nemanja and this is retrospective from the last week episode with Kosta Andrić from ICT Hub. What is corporate innovation in the nutshell and uh, why is it so different uh, from the innovation in some other kind of organizations? We like to work on, on business innovations which, which actually in a nutshell to mean that um, uh, it's when organization takes set set of activities in order to uh, improve their efficiency, effectiveness or their competitive uh, position on the market. Industries will mix um, at, at a greater space than now, so uh, it will be uh, everyday situation that somebody who played in one industry decided to, to, to switch to another because they have some insights on customers and so on. Uh, we live in the uh, unique moment uh, when you can actually build something which, which, which can scale. This is Chair, place where we discuss innovations. And today we are going to talk about why VR is not the mainstream, even though in 2016 it was so hyped and it was so many investment in VR startups. Today we can hear that VR is dead, but is that really true? Um, on this subject, I have a great pleasure to talk with Adrian Jura. Adrian is currently a studio production manager in Ubisoft. Uh, but here in the Balkans, he's well known as a co-founder and long-time CTO of Apex, right? Uh, Adrian, uh, and this is very interesting to me, uh, uh, personally, he's a passionate paraglider, proud gamer, member of Serbia Game Association and VR enthusiast. So, Adrian, welcome to Chair. It's a great pleasure to have you here today. Uh, thank you and thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I started uh, with uh, gaming 10 years ago something like that with uh, IPix and my beginnings are linked with uh, IPix Entertainment. Um, it was, uh, let's say, my first success. And I'm really proud of what we managed to do with the company and uh, the impact it had on the game development uh, in Serbia. Uh, at that time, the game industry was non-existent in Serbia and it was really hard on many, ex- on very many ex- aspects. Uh, but we managed to achieve a lot, a lot of things. Um, at the same time, there were also some other companies that started and to, we together managed to uh, contribute to the growth of the game development ecosystem in Serbia. So uh, we will all must be proud of that. And uh, I think this was one of also biggest achievements that uh, we made there. Um, at one point, we had even uh, 400 people. Uh, working on uh, Hoppa Games, Hidden Object Puzzle Adventure Games. And this was our our main product. Uh, we managed to actually reach the top uh, of uh, the world with the product that uh, we made. And um, the question was what to do next. So um, uh, we were not all aligned uh, on the same vision where to go next because we needed something uh, uh, more to continue working on uh, and that's when I decided to leave the company and uh, to start a new company uh, working on VR and uh, developing VR games. So we will come to VR, just want to ask you from this perspective regarding the Epics, uh, uh, you told me what you're proud of, uh, can you tell me from this perspective what would you do differently? 
uh, yeah, there were a lot of things that I would do different, of, of course, because I have a lot of more knowledge and experience now. Uh, but uh, the problem is that when we started to build the company, we didn't have enough experience regarding the management, regarding managing the company. So probably the most of the things that I would change is regarding how we build the company and how we manage the people there. Uh, we were uh, good from a technical standpoint. We were good in delivering products for the market. We had success with those products. But uh, as we scaled really fast, the problem was in uh, uh, building the company to work uh, on a bigger scale. So probably the most things that I would change would be that because I learned a lot of things during uh, that way. And um, I learned how to manage uh, um, the company better now, of course, because I have a lot more experience. But uh, this is something that uh, we all need to learn all the time. Uh, um, let's move on to VR. And uh, uh, I'm sure that it's not dead, but uh, why still is not the mainstream? Um, I would not say that VR is still not mainstream. So uh, the problem with VR is that uh, the expectation were, were really high and a lot of people expected it to be uh, mainstream now to uh, the, the, their market size to be a lot, a lot bigger than that is now. Um, and there were a lot of problems with the first generation of VR headsets. They were expensive. You needed an expensive computer to run the games. Um, there, uh, the, there was a connection with the cable to the computer. Um, mo some uh, VR headsets, the quality was not so uh, good. It was hard to set up. And a lot of those problems are now solved. I could say that they are solved with the hands, uh, with the standalone headsets like Oculus Quest 2, where uh, it's a standalone device that's run by itself. You don't need any computer. It's wireless and uh, it's cheap. It's actually $300 on the market. So it's a really, really good uh, um, device. And uh, we are will just now see the growth of the VR because of those standalone headsets. We are here talking about innovation and uh, VR is by the nature something innovative and it's novelty. But then uh, question arises: how to innovate in something that is by nature novelty? Uh, there are a lot of fields where we can innovate in VR because uh, the problems uh, that uh, are in VR are not present in traditional, let's say, uh, flat screens uh, where you are building something for that. Um, you are using for VR your body and um, a lot of things are uh, linked with that. The innovation can be regarding hardware or software. So if we are talking about software, we have a lot of innovation regarding uh, the haptic feedback because if you want to grab an object in VR, you need to feel the weight of it. So how to solve that problem? So we saw a lot of devices that are trying to solve with weight shifting uh, um, the, the weight on the device or something like that. On the software side, uh, there are a lot of problems regarding uh, the feel that you are uh, experiencing. So I see uh, the, mis the most common mistake is that people are trying uh, to put the first time users for VR in a, a roller coaster where uh, the speed is moving really fast and most of those experiences are not that high quality and you will get noisier. Um, there are some really interesting um, uh, 
things how we could solve that uh, issue so uh, because our body uh, if our um, body doesn't feel what our eyes see uh, it's trained to react as it was poisoned and that's why you are getting noisier so we need to trick the brain to think we are doing that uh, one of the things let's say if we are moving uh, if you are moving in the game you could use uh, some kind of narrowing uh, field of view this is happening as you are uh, 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 reaching higher speeds so in that uh, kind of way you could trick the body to think it's moving faster so there are a lot of really interesting uh, things and researches done in that field and um, there are a lot more issues to be solved the most important thing is let's say to uh, to have the experience where you are uh, feeling natural you have natural feelings like um, trying to pick an object uh, from tables if you have a table in in, uh, in front of you uh, the user will want to pick every object and to interact with it so in the traditional games or experiences you you don't have problems like that um, the user can go to the places that you didn't expect him to go to go through the walls or something like that so it could reach a level that you uh, didn't think he would reach uh, if uh, uh, he he's not able to move in that uh, way but in vr everything is permitted so you need to think of a really different kind of ways how you could uh, from a design standpoint how you could uh, um, give a users a natural experience because without of that the vr will not be let's say um, special will not be anything else that ju than just images on the screen in another uh, device you gave me so so many interesting examples. It's, this is I don't have any experience with VR so far. So just by listening on this, it's it's very interesting. I I remember that that you saw, uh, said about the roller coasters because probably a lot of people saw those uh, uh, clips on YouTube that somebody is on roller coaster and he's screaming and everything. So uh, I think that 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 that's very interesting part of the VR, especially from your perspective and your thinking of the motorics and everything that is going behind. Uh, yeah, the problem is uh, that uh, one of those exper the, those experiences are mostly uh, in uh, three degrees of freedom. So what does it mean? It only tracks um, the rotation uh, of the head, let's say like that. Uh, when we are talking uh, regarding the VR, we are mostly thinking about um, six DOF six degrees of freedom so you could move forward backward uh, lean so that's the whole point of vr um, the problem is that you have a lot of uh, let's say cardboard vr where you uh, could acquire um, a headset from supermarket some kind of plastic headset you can put you can put your phone in that and you will think that uh, the vr is that and it's really a bad quality okay it's the first touch with vr but the problem is that uh, the people will think about the technology based on that so it's it didn't help a lot to the technology it helped in some other ways to be approachable to people to know that vr exists but uh, they think that vr is still uh, that quality that they tried let's say a few years ago when gear gear vr was popular so now it's completely different and i think we now needs to re-educate re the people regarding the VR and what it is now on the market. Uh, you gave me many examples of innovation inside VR, uh, inside of it. And uh, I want to ask you how you made the decision uh, what to innovate next and where to go next. Uh, the most important thing is the playtesting. So you need to detect the problems 
uh, that are uh, arising in VR and your experience that are you, you are building. Uh, and playtests is something that helps you a lot when you are trying your experience games VR with real users. Um, you will find out a lot, a lot of different things because uh, you can do things in an unlimited number of ways. When you click on a, let's say, icon on, on an app, it's not so many ways you can click it. Yeah, you can you click on different positions. Yeah. But in VR, you can approach it from a lot of different standpoints. And then you can see how the people are reacting to that and detect the problems that are, uh, that are in VR. Um, and based on that, you will have a list of problems and then you can see how you can solve them. Uh, a lot of those problems are unique for your experience and uh, most of them um, didn't, don't exist in traditional media. You don't have resources where to read how to solve them. So you need to be innovative there uh, regarding uh, uh, the solutions and to test with the users. So you are making, let's say, uh, five or six different kind of uh, um, prototypes and then you are testing with the user and see what works best and try to give uh, um, try, try, try to get some conclusions from that and um, most innovations come from exper uh, experimenting like that so I would say that the most critical part is playtesting with different users not all people are the same they play in different styles they are all of different height so its height is also something that uh, affects the player if you put a button in a game very high, uh, shorter people could not reach it. So those kind of things are uh, something that you can you need to think of. It's not just like uh, you have a joystick, keyboard, mouse, something like that, but your whole body affects how you will uh, experience the game. Yeah, basically, everything is about the user experience there, right? Yeah, it's um, user experience is very important. and. Uh, the most important part is that we need to learn about the human body a lot and uh, how it um, how it functions and how uh, can uh, we provoke some movements like say like that um, i saw a lot of people that uh, have a table in front of them in the game and in real life they don't have a table but you have some controllers that you are holding vr and when you are finishing with the experience, you try to put that controller in the virtual table and they just <laughs> fell down. So this is one of the problems uh, yeah. that you have in VR when you're... Because you're expecting yeah. that the controller to stay there, right? You're expecting that the table is in front of you. So the, the immersiveness of the VR is really high. And uh, these kind of things uh, uh, cause you a lot of problems in the designing of the game, the experiences. Um, and it also gives you a lot of uh, better tools for... Um, trainings, education, um, it's proved that VR, um, VR experiences uh, have a lot uh, better engagement rate for trainings and uh, the knowledge that uh, you get there is a lot higher so a lot of companies are, are using VR for training people for different kind of uh, jobs. Uh, you mentioned the users so many times. Uh, uh, I want to ask a question regarding uh, types of the users because there is users that uh, you can test your product that are already familiar with VR. Uh, uh, how, is, uh, how are you approaching the, the people that never used VR? Uh, most is, there, is there a difference from those two? two there, is a, there is a big difference and mostly we are testing with the users who didn't try the VR. Uh, why? Because they don't know anything about VR, they don't they have expectations and uh, you could put a user who never tried VR on VR and see how he reacts. 
So it's important to test with users who didn't try VR because you will see what they think about the interactions. One of the interesting, interesting things is that um, uh, you're using your hands and your body in VR. So it's not a requirement to know how to work on the computer, on the PC, or to use the phone. So you could uh, put people that never used computer before and they don't know how to work in Word, Excel, or just don't use, know how to use computer. They can use VR and uh, the interaction in VR will feel natural for them. They will not try to click on a, with a, a point, laser pointer on a button. But they will try to press with the hand. So those kind of things are important for uh, the user because the more immersive the experience is, the, it's better and it's more easier for people to understand. So that's why we are mostly testing with the user who never tried to, um, uh, who never tried the VR before. I want to briefly go back to Ubisoft and Ubisoft and your place there and uh, your basically led company, leading company here in Serbia. Uh, what's in, what is innovation process there? Uh, what frameworks do you use just to get some glimpse of, 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 of that part of your uh, uh, yeah, experience? Ubisoft as a group works on a co-development uh, model. So uh, when we have a big project, uh, that project is developed by multiple studios inside the Ubisoft group, which one of the studios is a lead site that manages the product, but all together are making that product. Um, that's in the products that we are making are mostly commercial, let's say. Uh, most of them are commercial because in that way you can uh, have the stability and the company can be profitable. Uh, and it can sustain some kind of innovation where you could work and innovate in a lot of different kind of fields. Um, uh, we are innovating in the term of uh, our own engines, game engines that we are using for our own development, the tools that we are using uh, in-house. So there are a lot, a lot of different uh, sections that are developing inside Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft was also one of the first company to invest in VR. So because the innovation is important to be the first in the market to test the market. Uh, it was also the first company to uh, publish a game on Google Stadia. It's a cloud streaming platform for games where you are playing the game on any device that you can. And uh, actually we in Belgrade um, worked a lot on Google Stadia and we delivered two games uh, last year in November and December. It was uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands and Assassin's Unity. Uh, and it's clearly a completely innovative platform. So most of the innovation that we are talking inside Ubisoft are based on the uh, new platforms where we are working with, with first parties in building the ecosystem, building those kind of uh, platforms. Like I said, VR, um, uh, it's uh, st uh, streaming platforms like Google Stadia, Amazon Luna, xCloud. Uh, there are also blockchains initiatives that are coming now. Um, AI and uh, those kind of things where you can innovate. Um, the games that uh, are we developed for Stadia was uh, were very very challenging because uh, most of the games are developed for Windows uh, with DirectX framework for rendering. So it's a combination uh, that uh, of frameworks, and for Google Stadia it's Linux based where you don't have any games on that almost with uh, Vulkan rendering uh, framework. So it's a completely different technology stack that was not used before in the gaming industry. 
So everything was new for the team that worked on that, but uh, it was also a really interesting uh, challenge for the team that they really like working on Google Stadia as it's very innovative and there are a lot of challenges and problems that you are uh, solving uh, when uh, that new platform uh, comes. Uh, one personal question, did your uh, paragliding hobby help you with, uh, with uh, Korean in VR in some way? <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it helped, uh, um, maybe for some things, because you are also learning about uh, a different kind of senses when you are trying to fly, so uh, it can help you with uh, understanding, let's say, mostly your body and what how it feels for a different kind of uh, reactions in paragliding. You have uh, some kind of, uh, when you are doing some tricks, you are having some G-forces that are affecting your body. And uh, you learn about that a lot. So in VR is something similar, where you are also learning about about your vestibular system, how it reacts to uh, motion sickness. So those kind of things. If in paragliding you are doing some, let's say, tricks, your uh, field of view is narrowing. So this is something that was used in VR for uh, preventing motion sickness. So you're engineering core. And uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, what does it take for a great engineer to become even greater leader? Uh, in the first place, you need to start uh, to learn how to work with people. I think uh, people skills is something that's very important for that. And you need to be aware of that. Um, you need to provide uh, support and to value the team that you have uh, and to take care uh, about their personal development in the technical sense, as well as, as the developing soft skills, uh, let's say the people skills. Um, one of the things that is very important is to be conscious about your problems that you have and your lack of uh, uh, skills in some kind of fields and uh, how to improve that. So you need constantly to uh, learn new things and to uh, invest a lot in learning about uh, managing about working with people not just in the technical sense to learn how to do something in a special techno uh, in a technology or something like that um, it's uh, very important to uh, give feedback and to receive feedback and to learn how to react on it um, uh, there is no room uh, for uh, egoism there. You need to be open to accept all all kind of negative feedbacks, uh, as that is important for improving yourself. As well as you need to learn how to deliver negative feedback, because not all people are reacting the same to negative feedback. So those kind of things are very important, and you need to have those kind of open communication with all the people who, who you are working. Um, it's important to work on their development uh, with uh, uh, the feedback because uh, the common goal is uh, all of us to work together better and to improve ourselves. So that's why I think it's very important uh, to work on uh, self-development, to work with the team and to build them and to provide support for them. And with all that said, uh, can every great engineer be a great leader? Uh, it depends. Someone uh, wants to go in that career path uh, and uh, someone doesn't want to be a leader. Um, in Ubisoft we have a different career paths where you can choose where you can go. Uh, you could choose seniority career path where you are working only on the technical side. You are working just an, as an expert in delivering uh, the features in programming. 
Uh, and on the other part, you can w uh, work as a leader, as lead programmer, um, to uh, work more with the people, to work on their uh, development. Uh, the problem is that they see in Serbia, there a lot of times they're mixing uh, um, a lead programmer with um, a development path in the career. Uh, so you are becoming senior and next you need to be a lead programmer. In Ubisoft, I learned that it's not like that. You can choose different career paths and the senior can be as on the same level as a lead programmer. Both are important for, the, for delivering the product. So uh, it's I would say that it's not the same. Um, uh, it's not the common case uh, to go to the lead programmers uh, and to force that for every programmer. Sometimes it's good to have uh, in, uh, to go into seniority path and this is also a problem that we have uh, in hiring when we are trying to hire for a position of lead programmer where the people uh, assume that if you are the best programmer in the team you will become the lead it's not that you need to have some people skills to work with people you don't need to be the best programmer uh, you uh, you need to uh, know enough to handle the people there and to understand uh, about the problems that they are talking about so depends everything on the personal uh, preference. So I would not force someone who doesn't want to be a lead to go to that leadership career path. It's very important to know what we want to do and uh, what we want to um, be. And uh, uh, this is something that uh, I see that people are not thinking a lot about, but they're thinking, okay, to, I want I, to improve in my career, I need to go in that leadership path. We started today's innovation dialogue about the premise if VR is dead. So, but because we haven't been on its funeral, I want to ask you about the future of the VR. Uh, uh, I'm sure that you're expecting something interesting in this field in the years that come. Yeah, a lot of companies are investing a, a huge amount of money right now. It's not transparent as before, but everybody is investing in VR and AR, of course. It's those two technologies are linked together. In the long term, I expect, let's say, that it would be like a normal pair of glasses that transform into VR headsets, as well as an AR headset. Uh, where they are overlaying the image on the real world and maybe you could uh, use it as a replacement for personal computer for laptops where you can project a image of a screen on the wall and have a virtual keyboard and mouse where you are using um, the using the device as a personal computer the problem of course are the form factor uh, the quality of displays uh, or, or the processing power that those devices have so those are the problems that we need to be solved to, for that to be achievable. Um, uh, I don't think that we'll see in the near future that, but we don't know what to expect because a lot of uh, technology devices that we have right now, uh, we would not that imagine that to be present and to be developed 20 years ago. So technology is moving fast and we cannot uh, know for sure in which direction the innovation will go. It's just some kind of uh, uh, estimation of ours, what could happen and what we want to achieve in the long term. Now we don't know how to do that, but we are slowly working toward that. In the, let's say, short term to midterm, I will, uh, we'll definitely see any improvements of current generation of the headset. Uh, they will be more lightweight, they will be easier 
to set up uh, hand tracking is already present so they will be better hand, hand tracking uh, eye tracking those kind of uh, uh, let's say um, uh, devices gadgets for VR uh, will be more affordable the price is still a uh, point for a high quality uh, VR so I, I think personally that we'll see a lot of improvements regarding the current devices which are quite good but improvements in every uh, field uh, specifically for VR Adrian, thank you so much for, for this conversation and it was very interesting for me uh, uh, and how you guys in the in the paragliding say uh, have a good wind, right? Something yeah. like that. And uh, for you out there, if you enjoyed today's episode as I did, uh, please subscribe and see you next Thursday when we talk about some other innovations. Adrian. Thank you.